0: When I retired with lots of newfound available time, I enjoyed many travel opportunities. This podcast may encourage you to visit, revisit, or experience virtual armchair travel, learning about exciting new venues. Travel is an excellent vehicle for lifelong learning. Welcome to the What Travel Writers Say podcast. I'm Mike Keenan, your host, and today we visit Arlington National Cemetery, a place of honor, valor, and remembrance. Like most people my age, I remember precisely where I was the moment John Fitzgerald Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. I was on campus sipping coffee in the UWO cafeteria. Today, many decades later, I visit his gravesite in Arlington National Cemetery. I'm with busloads of tourists and veterans. The mood is somber as befits a cemetery, with little talk exchanged throughout the tour. The three Kennedy brothers, John, Robert, and Ted, are all interred here. Shortly before his death, JFK stood at the hillside location overlooking the cemetery towards the Lincoln Memorial, and he ironically commented, I could stay here forever. His gravesite marker is accented by an eternal flame requested by his wife. On his right is their infant son, Patrick Bouvier Kennedy. On his left are Jacqueline Bouvier Kennedy Onassis and daughter Arabella, a stillborn child born in August 1956. Veterans and military casualties from each of the nation's wars are interred in this cemetery. From the American Civil War to the military actions in Afghanistan and Iraq, pre-Civil War dead were reinterred after 1900. Above the Kennedy graves at the top of the hill sits Arlington House, the Robert E. Lee Memorial. People take photos and stare at the four gray slate markers. The flame was once inadvertently extinguished by a Catholic school contingent that applied too much holy water, but a quick-thinking employee relit the flame with his lighter. Our open-air bus is quite slow, many vets in wheelchairs. Remarkably, each is systematically assisted into the bus, wheelchairs stacked at the back, and we wind our way through memorials to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier to watch the changing of the guard ceremony. Over 4 million people visit the cemetery annually, many to pay final respects at graveside services, 100 each week. I'm told that 25 graves are dug daily, and this staggering fact helps me realize the historical depth and breadth of U.S. military action throughout the world. Only two presidents are buried here, JFK and William H. Taft. There are military and political notables, Generals Sheridan, Pershing, Doolittle, Bradley, and Taylor, Admirals Rickover, Halsey, and Statesman John Foster Dulles, William Jennings Bryan. Supreme Court members Holmes, Warren, Douglas, Marshall, and Berger, exploration and space pioneers Perry, Bird, Chaffee, Grissom, Irwin, medical personnel Hopkins and Reed, science and engineering, L'Enfant, the architect who designed Washington, and even sports figures Abner Doubleday and Joe Lewis. With over 300,000 people buried here, the cemetery is involved with expansion projects. The Secretary of the Army approved a policy effective January 1, 2009, that authorizes all soldiers killed in action by the enemy and who are being interred, inurned, or memorialized at Arlington National Cemetery the option to receive full military funeral honors. These honors can include a kaizen band and a military escort. Arlington National Cemetery has the second largest number of people buried of any national cemetery in the United States, conducting 6,400 burials a year. Largest of the 130 national cemeteries is the Calverton National Cemetery on Long Island near Riverhead, New York, which conducts more than 7,000 burials each year. In Section 27, I noticed there are 3,800 former slaves interred, called contrabands, during the Civil War. Their headstones are designed with the word civilian or citizen. We reached the Tomb of the Unknowns made from Yule Marble quarried in Colorado. It consists of seven pieces with a total weight of 79 tons. The tomb was completed and opened to the public April 9, 1932 at a cost of $48,000. I watched several young midshipmen in white uniforms and caps visit the Memorial Amphitheater, where 5,000 visitors attend each of three annual memorial services held on Easter, Memorial, Memorial Day, and Veterans Day. The cornerstone, late October 15, 1915, contains a copy of the Bible, the Declaration of Independence, the U.S. Constitution, the U.S. Flag of 1915, Designs and Plans for the Amphitheater, L'Enfance Map and Design of the City of Washington, D.C., an Autograph of the Amphitheater Commission, one of each U.S. coin in use in 1915, one of each U.S. Postage Stamp in use in 1915, a 1914 map of Washington, D.C., the Congressional Directory, Boyd's City Directory for the District of Columbia, a an autograph photo of President Woodrow Wilson? The cornerstone dedication program and the evening star newspaper account of the ceremonies in the campaign to build the amphitheater constructed mainly of Vermont quarried Danby marble. The marble in the memorial display room is imported potichino, a stone mined in Italy. The names of 44 U.S. battles from the American Revolution to the Spanish-American War are inscribed around the frieze above the colonnade. Dulce et decorum pro patria. Mori. It is sweet and fitting to die for one's country. A quote from Horace etched above the west entrance of the Memorial Amphitheater. I don't know about sweet, but the fitting certainly applies to this remarkable cemetery. Now a quick plug from my recently published book, Don't Ever Quit, available in paperback from Amazon in an e-book format at Amazon, Kindle, Kobo, and Barnes & Noble. To read my travel articles, go to my website at com, and for travel pictures, go to my Pinterest boards at pinterest.com backslash mustang6648. If you have any questions or comments, contact me at mjk6648 at gmail.com. We conclude each podcast with an appropriate travel quote. Today, it's from S. Barry Lipkin, who said, Travel is educational. It teaches you how to get rid of money in a hurry. Thanks for listening. Happy travels and tune in again next week for another What Travel Writers Say podcast.